Let me pray for us. Father, these things truly are too marvelous for us to comprehend. That Mary and your disciples would go to the tomb looking for your son Jesus and not find him there because he was risen. And we praise you for these things on Easter morning, this time when we remember that death does not have the last word, that because Jesus rose, we too have hope in the confidence of the resurrection. And we look forward to that day, Father, when we will stand with him in glory. I pray this morning as we worship you and as we look at your word that our hearts would be touched that our eyes would be opened, Lord, that you would speak the truth through the scriptures to us. And we give you praise again that on this day when we celebrate your son Christ, that he is risen indeed. Amen. Um, It was a a Thursday. It was August 14th, 2003. And that was the day that the world stopped. Maybe you lived through this day, but you didn't even really notice it happened. But for 45 million people in the northeastern region of the United States, on Thursday, August 14th, 2003, the world came to a screeching halt. No computers, no cell phones, no subways, no news reports, no Twitter feed, no stock trading, no email. At 4.10 p.m., a monstrous electrical surge rushed through the northeastern power grid because of an unforeseen computer glitch. And within 30 minutes, eight states, all the way from Michigan to Maine, had lost power at various, as various interconnected parts of the power grid shut down. New York City in particular came to a complete halt. Pictures of the chaos, you can find them online, show hundreds of thousands of people streaming out of the city on foot because essential transportation systems were inoperable. They have pictures of people coming down from high-rise buildings and office complexes with no access to water because the pumps delivering the water to the upper floors had ceased carrying the water. Cell phone communications went down as people hopped on their phones and the system became overloaded and the American way of life stalled out. Now try to imagine for just one moment your life without electricity. Okay, no water, no refrigerator, no cell phone, no internet. Some of you are like, I could live without water, but definitely don't take away my internet, okay? No pumps at the gas station, no lights. For those of you like me who don't carry cash, no working debit card, okay? You would be without power, but more significantly, you would be utterly powerless, vulnerable, exposed, helpless. So what if I told you that you might already be living in this reality, a powerless life, vulnerable and helpless And the reason I tell this story is because I firmly believe as a Christian and even as a pastor that many people who call themselves Christians are actually disconnected from their power source. Easter Sunday, it's the day that we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And if the resurrection of Christ from the dead tells us anything about Christianity, it tells us that this is not a powerless religion. And yet, so many people, people who go to church maybe just on Sundays or Easter and Christmas, people who casually call themselves Christians because that's kind of the heartbeat of our culture, they're actually living a powerless life, 
still in the dark, disconnected, cut off from Christ's resurrection power. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we love to give them away for free. And so after the service, you can talk with somebody at this table in the back of the room and they will set you up with a Bible. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read one verse. So if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. You can listen and I'll make it pretty clear. It says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Let me read that again. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. And we see in this verse a very sharp division. There are two kinds of people. There are those who are being saved through the power of God, and then there are those who are perishing in their own folly. And for both groups, I want you to see that the message is exactly the same, but the response is different. For both groups, both the saved and the perishing, the message they hear in this verse is the word of the cross. So what is that? What is the word of the cross? Well, the word of the cross is what we Christians celebrate on Easter Sunday. If you go back just one verse, if you do have your Bible, verse 17, we see the Apostle Paul say that he was sent to the city of Corinth to preach the gospel. So the gospel is the word of the cross. So let me tell you exactly what that is. Maybe you've heard that word. There is one God, the one true God, creator of heaven and earth. Every atom of this universe and every inch of your body actually belongs to him. He created you. And he created the world and everything in it for his glory and also for his joy. But mankind, in pride and in arrogance, rejected God's authority and fell into sin. And as a result, our sin brought upon us the wrath of God and the curse of death so that every person who has ever lived will eventually die. And no earthly power known to mankind can change that or put us back in a right standing with God. And yet, although God was angry at his rebellious creation for sin, in his immeasurable kindness and his overflowing mercy, he chose to restore to himself what he had lost. And with tender grace, he sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to live a perfect life and yet die a sinner's death so that you and I could know God. And the gospel, the word of the cross, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him might not die eternal death, but live eternal life. The word of the cross is that God himself shed his own blood on the cross so that all who put their trust in him can be saved from sin and death. And in the power of God... Jesus then rose from death to life to prove God's love for us. And in his resurrection life, all those who believe in him also have life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. And so the gospel is the good news that through the death of his son, God forgives sins. And God, through the resurrection of Christ Jesus, lives in the hearts and lives of all of those who put their faith in him, both now and into eternity. He offers to us the power of forgiveness from sin, the power of his resurrected life, 
the power of God alive within us, the saving power of God himself. Okay, but let's not forget what our verse in 1 Corinthians 1.18 says. Now that we know what the phrase, the cross, or the word of the cross means, let us read it again. It says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Remember, there's two groups of people that are being spoken about here. They have both the very same message, the word of the cross, the gospel, the good news that Jesus died to save them from their sins and rose in power to give them life. But notice how different the response is. There are some who hear this message and they think that it is just pure craziness. They hear the message and they believe that it's folly, it is foolishness. They hear the Christian message about death and resurrection of Jesus, and they believe that it is nothing more than a fairy tale, a myth, a convoluted religious fable. And so they disbelieve. They don't waste their time with church. They don't follow Jesus. They don't believe in the resurrection. Maybe they go to church occasionally on a Sunday or maybe on Christmas or Easter because that's what good people do, right? That's just what good people do. But in truth, They don't actually know the power of God. They are living in the dark. Their lights with no power flowing from God's resurrected son Jesus into their lives. These are people who know not the word of the cross, but a powerless Christianity. It's nice, it's cute, it's morally respectable, but it's totally powerless. And there's nothing in this message that electrifies their hearts with the word of God. So there's one group of people that hears the message, and maybe they go to church occasionally, but they reject the word of, cro- of the cross as foolishness, and they are perishing. Okay, so before I move on, let me ask you, is this you? Are you living a powerless life? Do you go to church occasionally, or maybe especially on Easter, and yet every day of your life you're living just disconnected? from the power of God that raised Christ from the dead, disconnected from God's love that overcomes your sin. Okay, but there's another group of people, those who hear the good news about the death and resurrection of Jesus, God's victory over sin and over evil, and these people, they see it for what it is, the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And they hear this message about our great God who loves them so deeply that he would let his own son hang on the cross and spill his blood for them. And they believe that Jesus not only died on the cross for them, but on Sunday morning, A.D. 33, the first Easter, he rose from the dead to display the power of God at work in his creation. The power of God to save and redeem. The power of God to heal and restore. The power of God to give eternal life to all who trust in Christ Jesus. They hear this good news, the word of the cross, and they believe. And because they believe in the resurrection of Jesus, they're saved from every sin, from all evil, and even death itself. By the grace of God, through the cross of Christ, and the power of his empty tomb, they too are raised with Christ Jesus. To life everlasting. And so look, it's the same message. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. But there are two different responses. Some believe and are saved. Others think the message is foolishness and they are perishing, powerless in their unbelief. 
So let me ask you again this morning, which of these two are you? Do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, the power of God, or are you living a powerless life disconnected from the risen Christ? Not too long ago, on November 23rd, just this last year, I faced the horrible reality of feeling utterly powerless. My wife came into my office at home with just tears streaming down her cheeks, and I was caught off guard. In between sobs, she tried to explain to me the contents of a voicemail that somebody had left on her phone. Her grandmother had been in the hospital, and the voicemail was from one of her family members, communicating with some urgency that her grandmother was having to be resuscitated. And as my wife, Leanne, explained this to me in sobs, I realized the potential consequences, right? The gravity of this situation, the proximity of death. And I just remember feeling this feeling of absolute powerlessness rushing over me. What could I do? Nothing. And when death comes to claim a life, there is nothing that can be done. In that moment, you are powerless. You're in the dark, unplugged from the grid. You're alone and without light. But for those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus, death does not have the last word. No. Because Jesus conquered death. He rose from the grave three days after he was crucified for our sins. And in his resurrection from the dead is hope for all of us who believe in him. Hope that for us too, death does not have the last word. We are not powerless. Because for those of us who believe, to us who are being saved, his resurrection is the power of God, both in this life and in eternity. When you walked in the room this morning, hopefully you were given a small box. And if you haven't already opened it, I'd love for you to take that out and open it up. If you didn't get a box, would you just raise your hand nice and high so we can make sure that we get you one? All right, our greeters did a good job. In that box, you are going to find a light bulb. Be careful because it's fragile. We broke a couple in the first service. If you do, don't worry about it. We'll get you another one, okay? But it's fragile. But I want you to look at the light bulb. I want you to maybe even just hold it in your hand for a second. And I want you to consider this bulb. Let me remind you of our Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This light bulb, it was created to have power running through it. It was created to shine and give light in the darkness. It was made to be connected to a power source. But without a power source, this bulb is useless. It's fragile. It's functionless. It has no meaning or purpose. Without a source for electricity, it's ultimately dead. And you need to understand that apart from the resurrected Jesus, you are just like this bulb in its current state. You are powerless and you are dead. You were created to shine and to give God glory, but apart from Jesus, you simply cannot do that. Without the power of the word of, of the cross, you too are fragile. You're functionless, without meaning or purpose. Without the power of Christ giving life to your heart, you are dead like this light bulb. And many of you may call yourselves Christians, 
which means that you probably think you're a good person and you go to church from time to time. But the truth is, you are disconnected from the power of God. You're like a bulb without a light source. And maybe you do believe in God, but the truth is, you don't have his light, the light of his life, daily flowing through your heart. And you may call yourself a Christian, but the truth is, if you're not plugged into Christ Jesus, then you are powerless like the very bulb you hold. And no amount of good deeds or moral behavior can energize your dead heart. Christ alone in his resurrection power can do that. And so I want to offer you a powerful invitation this morning. An invitation to connect your life to the risen Savior and to know his light. Our band is going to come on forward right now, and in just a moment, they're going to lead us in some singing, some praise to our resurrected King Jesus. And I want to invite you at some point as they play, there's no rush, take your time. If there's a line, you can wait. But I want to invite you as they begin to play to consider this light bulb and to come forward to one of the boards at the side of the stage here. And I want you to look for a socket. Some of them work better than others. So if it doesn't work, try another one. It's not you. It's the board. But I want you to find a socket on one of the boards. And I want you to screw that light bulb in as a statement that Jesus is, in fact, your risen Lord. Not just on Easter Sunday or Sunday, but every day. A commitment to get connected to the power of Christ and to stay connected to his power. And I want you to understand This is so much more than just an empty, meaningless, cute Easter activity. I'm not asking you to plug this bulb in and that's it. I am asking you to make a decision about who you are. Which person will you be? The one who believes and has the power of the risen Christ or the one who does not believe and is perishing, thinking it's folly? I'm asking you to make this bulb a symbol of something far greater than just a motion of coming forward at church, but I'm asking you to actually make it an act of giving your whole life and your whole heart to Christ Jesus. And if it's it's your intention and your commitment to remain connected to Jesus as the source of your power, then again, after I pray, I want you to come forward at some point and screw that light into the socket as a statement of your belief that Christ is risen indeed, and in him you have the power of his resurrected life. Today is the day we celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. And again, if the resurrection tells us anything, it tells us that Christianity is not a powerless religion. No, it is in fact the power of God for those of us who are being saved. Let me pray. Lord God, as we look to the empty tomb in wonder and awe, we are reminded that your son Jesus, even now, reigns as king eternal over this world. And we acknowledge that you, Father, in the greatness of your love, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. And we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you raised Christ from death to life. Father, I ask that right now that very same Holy Spirit would break through the hardness of our hearts to open our eyes to the truth of the word of the cross. Lord, would you draw us deeper into the power of the resurrection, the same power 
that raised Christ from the dead alive in us today. Keep us firm and secure in the power of your son Jesus, we pray.